0: Hi, I'm your host, Lillian Yang. And I'm your host, Fakri Shafai, and you are listening to Food Nonfiction. How you doing, Lillian? It's nice to see you now that I'm back. Tell me about Hawaii. Well, it was beautiful, of course. Saw a rainbow every single day.
1: Really? Yep,
0: it's kawaii. Saw some... Sea turtles, saw some monk seals.
1: Wait, were you snorkeling?
0: Uh, I was supposed to, but I broke out in a terrible rash, (laughs) and so I couldn't go in the ocean again. Wait, where
1: did you see these sea turtles?
0: In the ocean, but on the beach. In the beginning, you feel tired. After one to three months, your skin becomes pale. And spots will begin to form, mainly on your legs. You'll find that you bruise easily and you'll feel depressed and you're easily confused. Your gums bleed and start to feel spongy. Eventually you'll lose your teeth and your wounds won't heal. Finally you'll suffer from fevers, convulsions, and wounds that just don't stop bleeding. In the end, You succumb to death.
1: Scurvy is a very old disease. It's as old as humanity. It exists because humans are one of the very few animals that can't convert glucose into vitamin C.
0: It also has a simple cure. Get vitamin C into your body. That's why vitamin C is also called ascorbic acid. A meaning without and scorbitus, meaning scurvy.
1: When the level of vitamin C in your body falls to somewhere between 0 to 350 milligrams, different
0: manifestations of scurvy can develop. Even just a bit of vitamin C helps, but clinicians suggest 200 milligrams per day for a speedy recovery.
1: It's so simple. Vitamin C is present in most foods. The problem is that vitamin C breaks down so easily. It breaks down when you expose it to light or heat or air, so you don't get it from foods preserved after cooking or drying.
0: So when people are away from sources of fresh food for long periods of time, that's when scurvy becomes an issue.
1: Our story of scurvy begins in the 18th century. During this time, improvements in navigation allowed ships to stay at sea for longer periods of time. Also, a lot of
0: ships were taking
1: these longer journeys because of wars and trading interests.
0: This made scurvy a big problem. During the 18th century, scurvy was not considered a disease of deficiency. Back then, scurvy was considered to have multiple causes including poor hygiene. In
1: 1747, James Lind did a study comparing various treatments for scurvy. He was on board the HMS Salisbury at the time. And there were
0: 12 sailors with scurvy. So James Lind took these 12 ailing men and split them into six groups of two. Each group got a different treatment. One group got cider and they improved slowly. The second group got drops of something named elixir of vitriol. It was aromatic sulfuric acid. One group got vinegar. The fourth unfortunate group got half a pint of seawater a day. Do you wonder if they begged for death after that?
1: That's so morbid, Packer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One group got a mixture of garlic, mustard seed, horseradish, balsam and gum myrrh with a drink of barley water, which had been boiled with tamarinds. And finally, one lucky pair of sailors got two oranges and a lemon per day.
1: That last pair was cured in six
0: days. James Lynn concluded that citrus fruits were the best treatment of the six. And I'm willing to bet that the salt water was the least effective. Most physicians in his day pointed to a range of causes for scurvy, often conveniently fitting into a range of theories for disease.
1: This was why people had such a hard time eliminating scurvy, when the cure was right in front of their eyes, proven time and time again by the practical application of fresh fruits and vegetables.
0: Even way back in ancient Egypt, at around 1550 BCE, the description and cure for scurvy was recorded in the Ebers Papyrus, the famous Egyptian medical document. They were very clear about the cure. Eat veggies.
1: But in the 18th century, the popular theory of the human body was that everything came down to the four humors. You probably learned this in school. Blood, phlegm, black bile, and yellow bile.
0: So the main understanding of scurvy at that time was that it was a problem of corrupted humors. This made a lot of sense to people during that era because symptoms of scurvy included swelling, decay, and bad breath, all of which seemed to indicate the involvement of corrupted humors.
1: People couldn't understand the link between fresh food and curing scurvy because to understand that, You'd have to understand vitamins, which are micronutrients. The word vitamin didn't even exist yet.
0: Nonetheless, there was evidence of fresh food, especially citrus juices, helping to cure scurvy. So that at the very end of the 18th century, in 1795, the British Royal Navy issued one ounce of lemon juice per day after six weeks at sea. The effects of this
1: were remarkable. At the start of the 19th century, scurvy was no longer a problem for the Royal Navy.
0: But the story doesn't end here. Halfway through the 19th century, naval authorities replaced lemons with limes.
1: This is why English sailors were called limeys.
0: They bought their limes from British plantations in West India, thinking that limes and lemons were interchangeable.
1: Limes have half the amount of vitamin C that lemons have. And on top of that, the sailors often got lime juice that had sat exposed to air for long periods of time. So the juice they were drinking would have done a really poor job of preventing scurvy.
0: But here's the thing. No one noticed. Because by this time, sea voyages were getting shorter, thanks to things like steam-powered ships. People were not away from fresh foods for long enough to get scurvy. But this
1: ignorant bliss was to end in 1875. This was when Britain launched the British Arctic Expedition to try and reach the North Pole. This was, of course, a very long voyage, so many of the men fell sick with scurvy because their lime juice was not effective.
0: Because of this, people started to doubt if citrus juices really could prevent scurvy. And at this time, there was a new model for understanding disease, the bacterial model, which had helped to clarify and treat diseases like cholera and typhus. Perhaps scurvy was a result of meat contaminated with bacteria. So came the tomaine theory. So tomaine is vaguely defined as a harmful byproduct of bacteria. And the new theory of scurvy explained that citrus juices only really seemed to be a cure because the acidity in the citrus juices destroyed either the ptomaine or the bacteria that created them.
1: So by the start of the 20th century, the idea that scurvy could be caused by a nutritional deficiency was considered outdated, much like what we think of
0: using Internet Explorer as a browser today. It was with this ptomaine theory of scurvy that Robert Falcon Scott prepared for his first expedition to Antarctica. This was the Discovery Expedition of 1901 to 1904.
1: On this trip, Scott was very careful. He had a physician check every single can of meat for spoilage when they were opened. But his men still got scurvy, so he figured there had to be trace amounts of tomein in the canned meats. He decided to have his men hunt and eat fresh seal and penguin meat instead.
0: Unfortunately, the main part of the expedition involved a long sledging journey, during which they couldn't depend on hunting, so they had to bring food with them. Scott's solution was to have the seal meat boiled repeatedly. Unfortunately, this, of course, would have destroyed all the vitamin C in the food. Scott fell sick with scurvy and barely made it back.
1: Scott wanted another shot at reaching the South Pole. He wanted to be the first. This was the famous race to the south between Scott and Amundsen. In
0: 1910, Robert Falcon Scott left on the British Antarctic Expedition. For the sledging portion of his trip, his rations included biscuits, pemmican, sugar, butter, tea, and cocoa. Nothing on that list includes vitamin C.
1: Scott reached the South Pole after Amundsen. Scott and the five men with him died on their way back to the base camp.
0: In 1907, Axel Holst and Theodore Froelich published a paper showing that scurvy was a result of nutritional deficiency. They had been studying another disease called beriberi. I think that might be my new favorite disease name. <laughs> And when they switched to investigating the animal model for beriberi, they chose guinea pigs, which happened to be one of the very few animals that can't make their own vitamin C.
1: Now the world had an animal model for scurvy, although they were still resistant to the idea of nutritional
0: deficiency. After that, the term vitamin was coined in 1912 by Casimir Funk. Love the name from a combination of vital and amine. And eventually, Albert sent
1: Jerji, isolated ascorbic acid, finally uncovering the scurvy-curing micronutrient, vitamin C.
0: So, if you want to keep as much vitamin C in your fruits and veggies as possible, don't cut them. And if you do cut them, make sure you store them in an airtight container. If you cut and store your fruit in the refrigerator, know that it will lose 10 to 25% of its vitamin C in less than a week. We need that
1: vitamin C. We need it to make
0: hormones and neurotransmitters. Like norepinephrine, which impacts alertness, concentration, and motivation.
1: Vitamin C also plays a role in reactions within our cells. In addition to being important for the health of cartilage, bones, and teeth, it is super important to collagen formation.
0: So if you are trying to keep your youthful appearance, vitamin C should be a regular part of your diet.
1: It is also an antioxidant, which some argue can help your body to get rid of free radicals that may contribute to cancer. Vitamin C also helps you absorb and metabolize important metals like iron and copper.
0: Vitamin C cures scurvy by allowing the body to resume all its important functions remembering back in grade school when we were learning about these long voyages and that women would keep apples underneath their armpits with cloves stuck in them and the idea was that the cloves like kept it from spoiling too much and smelling too bad and the woman by having her armpit over the apple would infuse her scent into the apple so her man could smell her <laughs> while he was away <laughs>
1: What?
0: Seriously, I remember this story very vividly from, uh, I'm pretty sure it was my third grade uh, class, history class.
1: So you're telling me that I need some apples and use it cloves?
0: Cloves, yeah. So like those little clove sticks.
1: Okay, so before I go on vacation, I need to drench an apple with cloves with my armpit sweat.
0: Yeah, you, you just like keep it there for a full week, they said.
1: Maybe I can use this to make my dog not miss me when I'm gone. So that's it for this week.
0: (laughs) So if you're new to our podcast because you found out about us from the iTunes feature banner on our Space Food episode, we hope you enjoyed this look into the history of vitamin C as a cure for scurvy. And we hope you'll look at some of our upcoming episodes, as well as some of our old ones. If you have any feedback or any questions or suggestions for future episodes, please be sure to contact us at feedback at foodnonfiction.com.
1: And if you like the show, please be sure to review us on iTunes.
0: Bye. Have a great week.